0: Star Wars 7x7, episode 2042. Today we are continuing our look at the final story arc in season 5 of The Clone Wars to catch you up on the most important things you need to know prior to the release of season 7 on Disney+. And today it's episode 19. This is To Catch a Jedi. Punch it! (laughs) Hey, Rebel Riser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So, here we are. This is the third of four episodes in the final story arc of Season 5 of the Clone Wars. This is a full spoiler podcast, so spoiler alert, (laughs) and we'll leave it at that. Let's dig right in. Where we left things off after the end of the Jedi who knew too much, Ahsoka had officially escaped from... Anakin and the clones pursuing her, and is now off on her own, hoping to solve the mystery of the Jedi Temple bombing by proving her innocence while on the run, a la the fugitive. And Admiral Tarkin is none too pleased about this development. Yes, that Tarkin. He is actually referring to this as sedition, which is an act of defiance against the authority of the state or a monarch. And I. I find that particularly interesting. Like, the choice of the word sedition is not an accidental one. It's kind of interesting to consider Tarkin's mindset in this moment and the fact that he's actually thinking, I think, of Supreme Chancellor Palpatine as the equivalent of a monarch. And he's already, Tarkin is, kind of sending his brain in the direction where it's going to go when this becomes the Galactic Empire. So you can see why Palpatine is already a fan. Meanwhile, Anakin is still not convinced that Ahsoka is guilty and wants to be a part of the operation to find her and bring her back alive, especially alive, right? There's some debate about whether Anakin's the right person to do this, whether he's emotionally conflicted, whether this is going to cause a problem or anything like that. Obi-Wan's actually the one who stands up for him and says, I think we can't take Anakin off of this. He has to be the one involved. And his whole take is, it's my Padawan, so... I should be involved and ultimately they send two teams one of them is Anakin's team with a bunch of clones and the other is Jedi Master Plo Koon and that was an interesting choice as well because Plo Koon is the Jedi Master who initially found Ahsoka when she was just a wee little girl and brought her to the Jedi Temple to be trained as a Jedi. So Plo Koon has a long-standing investment in Ahsoka's well-being also. So I liked that that was the choice for the second Jedi General to go on the hunt for Ahsoka. And as for Ahsoka, she's hiding in the lower levels, It's kind of interesting also that the levels she's hiding on, or at least the levels that come into play... In this episode are 1312 and 1315. The reason why I say it's kind of interesting is because they're jumping around 1313. 1313 is the level where the Star Wars Underworld thing was supposed to happen. Whether it was uh, you know some other TV series of old or they were going to turn it into a video game and they were doing something with it. Anyway, it's interesting that they stayed away from 1313 and they just played above and below it and she manages to stay one step ahead of the Coruscant Underworld police, but she ends up getting captured by none other than Asajj Ventress, who, by this point in the Clone Wars, has been kicked to the curb by Count Dooku, and is now operating as a bounty hunter. But the fact that she's on Coruscant is shocking, and her whole deal is like, Oh my gosh, I've found Ahsoka Tano! There's a huge bounty on her head! I'm going to turn her in. Ahsoka manages to talk her into a bargain, a deal, if you will. Help me solve this Jedi Temple situation, and I will speak to the Galactic Senate on your behalf and get you a full pardon. So, you know, Ventress still has some baggage from the time when she was working with Dooku, and apparently this is a reasonably attractive offer. I don't know if this, for me, felt like... It was enough leverage, basically. I mean, how does Ventress know that Ahsoka has enough juice to be able to make that kind of commitment? Uh, yeah, that one is the only real note out of all of this that just didn't feel right story-wise. Like, it just it wasn't enough for me, but, you know, that's just me. But for the purposes of the story and our discussion, they agree. And meanwhile... Ahsoka reaches out to Baris who initially says, hey, I'll see what I can find for you. And then later says, hey, I found a clue. There's a... You know, facility on level 1315 that might have something you're looking for and it turns out that there are a whole bunch of explosive nanodroids there and that's where she gets captured by Anakin and the rest of the clone team. <laughs> Bad timing. So she's spotted with the nanodroids which makes people think Oh, this is her deal, so we caught her with the nanodroids. She must be the one who organized this thing. And Anakin and Plo Koon are still like, ah, I don't know if this feels right. But, you know, the evidence is starting to become almost too much to ignore. It's almost insurmountable at this point. But the reason why Ahsoka actually gets captured is because when they arrive at this facility where the nanobombs are, the nanodroids are, the explosive nanodroids, Ahsoka and Ventress part ways, and then a mysterious attacker subdues Ventress, steals Ventress's mask and cloak and lightsabers, and then attacks Ahsoka. Ahsoka thinks it's Ventress, reneging on their deal, because for all she knows, you're behind the mask and using the sabers, like, it's Ventress. And this person isn't talking, so it's not like there's any sort of dead giveaway. And whoever this person is, is definitely more than capable with the Force and is able to subdue Ahsoka to the point where she is not quite down for the count, but certainly knocked around enough that when all of the clone troopers and Anakin and Flo Koon show up, she is no match for them and she's able to get stunned right away and taken into custody. And that's pretty much how things end, and it leaves us on one last cliffhanger before the final episode of the story arc and the final episode of the season also, which we will talk about in due course, but there is one other thing I want to flag for you about the episode, which I will do right after the break. Stay tuned. Welcome back. So the title of this episode, To Catch a Jedi, is, again, another play on an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Last time it was The Jedi Who Knew Too Much for The Man Who Knew Too Much. This time it's To Catch a Thief for To Catch a Jedi. And I did look at the plot. I didn't remember To Catch a Thief very well at all, so I had to go read through the plot and whatnot. And it turns out, you know, there's nothing really in the episode that lends itself to comparison between the two so it's not like they were inspired by particular elements of to catch a thief and integrated those elements into the episode it's just that they had some fun with the titles which is never a bad thing and it's as far as it goes so there you go That is the last little fun fact I will share with you about To Catch a Jedi, and that is going to do it for this episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be.